This is No Creamer. I'm Nick Richards, and today I'm joined by Paloma from Bricks Flavor Company. They are in Dallas, Texas, a specialty flavor company. She is also a big foodie and what are we, what are we going to talk about at the end? Cocktail fan. Cocktail fan. Specialty beverages and right. food, yes. All the specialty food. All the specialty food. <laughs> Paloma, how's it going? It's going. I'm so happy to be here and drinking coffee, especially so... It's early for me, yeah. honestly, still after working all week. So I'm very happy. To it, have uh, I've been saying this in the last couple of episodes. I have a 19 month old. And so early for me is now back in my barista days at Starbucks. So like, oh I try to get God. up before she does. Yeah. So I got up at 5.30 this morning. Oh, I don't drink goodness. coffee that early. No. Cause I would just like, I'd be jittery all morning. Yeah. It wouldn't be good. So I start oh my, my day goodness. with tea. So this is, this is a good time for coffee for yeah. me. Yeah. It's wake yeah. up time. That's right. Well, I'm stoked to chat with you because big fan of Wayward. Yes. Saw y'all's connection with them uh, inside of Dallas, you and what's your fiance's name? Keaton. Keaton. Y'all are doing some really cool work with them. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, so I saw the spring menu that y'all threw up with them and I was like, dang, this is awesome because I don't feel like I find very many syrup manufacturing companies, flavor companies that have stuff for coffee. It's all, it's hibiscus or it's, mm -hmm. you know, something, some funky rosemary syrup, right. which could be good in a latte. Yeah. But it's usually for cocktails. Right. So the cool thing about what we're doing, um, at least to start, is that it's all geared towards coffee and enhancing coffee. So we really looked into tasting notes in coffee and like the origins of it and how, you know, different roasters are going about producing it. And that's kind of where we pulled inspiration for mm -hmm. ingredients. So that's why a lot of what we do, um, if you broke down any of our syrups, you could kind of connect the flavors to coffee. Yeah. You know, we tried with our vanilla bean syrup, we sourced it from Uganda. So I know that like the standard vanilla mm -hmm. is Madagascar and it's got bourbon notes. Yeah, yeah. And that's really great for cocktails yeah. if you're going to use it. Uh, what we did was we were like, okay, well, Uganda vanilla has more notes of honey. Mm. It's got more fig, more milk chocolate. And those, in our opinion, kind of aligned more with the notes in coffee. Totally. So we wanted to make sure that we were being intentional with our sourcing yeah. and really pay attention to how to make coffee better, not shift it and make it just super sweet and taste like, you know, like vanilla creamer. Right. So yeah. Like you're drinking a yeah. frappuccino. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, there's a place for that. You, if you want that, you go to Starbucks, but right. <laughs> if you want good specialty coffee, but yeah. you're also kind of fun, mm -hmm. you want a little bit of sweetener, then I think that going somewhere like Wayward that yeah. has bricks at the moment is the perfect place to get a cup of coffee. And how many syrups y'all have at Wayward right now? We have, I believe, 10 flavors there right now. That's pretty awesome. But we're, we're exclusively at Wayward yeah, at yeah. the moment <laughs> just because, uh, one, like the owners have been so wonderful and letting us really try out, um, you know, our syrups in their coffee and get a good idea of what people enjoy. Um, but five of those flavors are in the specialty drinks. So we've got a horchata. That's like a single syrup flavor. Mm -hmm. That's an entire specialty drink. And then we've got a Meyer syrup that we made to pair with cold brew because cool. cold brew and lemonade is such a unique mm -hmm. pairing. And I feel like a lot of people walk up to it and they're like, that's kind of gross. I remember the first time I had a cold brew and lemonade mix. 
and I was blown away by yeah. how good it was. It's great because you have this like sweet note, but you get like the sour as well. And then kind of a roasty note from the coffee mm-hmm. and somehow it works really well, yeah. which also leaves a lot of room for other, you know, like orange juice I'm sure is also really good in that. Yeah. Um, I can so see that. we made a Meyer syrup specifically to enhance the flavor of cold brew. And we took a lot of inspiration from like culinary um, icons to make that happen. So taking the acids that are found in lemon mm-hmm. and Meyer lemon and bringing those in to kind of adjust it so that it's one consistent and yeah. two, um, it's not going to spoil. Like it's not going to taste funky. It's going to have that like perfect Meyer lemon mm. note. And then we have a Texas red, which seems to be the fan favorite. Uh, it's got cherry okay. vanilla syrup and it's also got mocha in it. So that one nice. is topped with a cherry foam just because it's fun and it looks cool. And the last one, which is one of my favorites, just presentation wise, is the Coastal Float. And that one Mm -hmm. is going to have cold brew with a little bit of our vanilla syrup in it. And the top, we have floated cream and our Coastal Funk Syrup. So kind of a fun name. (laughs) That is cool. Um, That's in like a margarita type glass, am I correct? Yes. So it's, yeah, it's in a coupe glass. So that one is just presented really well. Like you get it and you're like, wow, this is like kind of bougie. Like I'm not quite (laughs) sure if there's a place in coffee for this. But that one, we, uh, we wanted to take inspiration from different rums Mm, and put it into coffee. So a lot of rums have like a funky note to it, which is kind of strange. And it'd be on the coconut and it's kind of just like, what is this? It's a little off-putting to think about the idea of funk Mm -hmm. (laughs) being in anything that you're consuming. But we took plantains and we took mango and cacao and vanilla and coconut. And we were like, let's make this kind of weird. Yeah. But it's really, it works really well with coffee. Um, and so it's kind of, that one is the goal is to change people's minds. Like if you think like, if you're like, oh man, I hate coconut, which a lot of people (laughs) people do, do. we're like, try this. And I think you would really like it. Like my sister, Mm -hmm. she swears, she's like, I do not like coconut. Her favorite one is the coastal float. So I'm like, cool. That's what we're, that's what we're (laughs) trying to do. We're trying to change people's minds. And so the menu is like just like it's a piece of our hearts mm-hmm. and Noah and Trevin both had a huge hand in creating the physical menu and giving us feedback and tweaking all the little details, you know, down to the garnish on the drinks. Yeah. So it was very collaborative. It was a labor of love and we're all honestly still so excited that yeah. people are discovering it at this point. A lot of the drinks on the menu, because they're springtime drinks mm-hmm. with the all syrups, they're served iced or they are they are iced by nature of cold brew. Yes. Um, what of y'all syrup lineup? Like we're drinking and if there's a if this is like no let's not let's not put anything in this coffee at all. Yeah. Totally cool. But we're drinking the hometown from Sweet Bloom Roasters yes. this morning. Is there one that you would pair with this? Oh yeah. So I would put our vanilla in it, which is yeah. like very <laughs> uneventful. It sounds like but I was lucky enough to try the Sweet Bloom coffee at Sweet Bloom. So we oh, just cool. um, we just went to Denver and we're doing a fun little, uh, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this, but uh, <laughs> they will be in Wayward soon. So we went okay, to go sweet. help with a fun video to kind of transition over. Are they the them. May roaster? I think they are. Uh, so 
what's good is that we're super close we're to May. We're right there. So <laughs> you're welcome, Noah and Trevin, there for advertising for you. <laughs> um, but I got to try it. And so the owners there were just so wonderful to us. Yeah. And when we got there, they were like, yeah, you know, you guys have some coffee with us. They were like, what do you want? I was like, oh, cappuccino for me. Like mm-hmm. that's that just sounds really solid. And he took a good minute because they had already closed. He like dialed everything in and I was mind blown. Yeah, It was like milk chocolate. It was, you got coffee, but it was smooth and it had this like delicate sweetness to it. And I remember thinking, I am not good at, at tasting notes in coffee. Mm-hmm. I like how crazy they can get. And yeah. I'm like, honestly, like I can tell when it's good, but I'm like, I cannot dig that deep. Yeah. But I tasted milk chocolate. And so like I was saying, one of the really cool things about our vanilla is that it's got a milk chocolate note to mm-hmm. it. And so I just think that that would pair so beautifully into it, yeah. you know? Like you you probably can't go wrong. It's not gonna overpower it. And you're putting something entirely wholesome mm-hmm. in something else that's wholesome. Like yeah. there's no... Like sugar is real, you know. We use right. well, we use cane sugar, and then you've got real vanilla bean. Mm-hmm. So you're not putting chemicals or and that's it in your syrup. That's in your vanilla syrup. In the vanilla syrup. See, that's insane to me. Yeah, that's it's, like that's a commitment to quality for sure. It is a lot of work, and so I'm like, I'm a little nervous for when <laughs> things get going more because right now right. the vanilla seems to be doing so well. Yeah, but I mean, and that's because I love it. But yeah, we're scraping individual beans. We're you know, we're taking our time with it. We're trying to understand um, how to how to better use that ingredient, mm. which is cool because a lot of uh, the syrups that we make, they're all obviously very different. Yeah. But the the method in which we create them is also tailored to what's being put into the syrup. Which of the syrups is the most labor intensive? The coastal, yeah, just because of the funk. sheer amount of things in it, yeah, yeah, and then the horchata, but they're both the most rewarding flavors too. Mm-hmm. So the horchata and the coastal, we're making our own milk bases for them. So the cool. horchata, we make a toasted rice milk base, mm-hmm. and if you've ever made milk at home before, you have to get like a nut bag and you have to hand squeeze it out. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it becomes like, it's a workout when (laughs) you do it and it takes a lot of time and and energy to adjust it. And then the coconut one, we make a coconut milk and we do kind of a form of fat washing. So we make a coconut milk and then we take off the fat and we use that for other things. So we kind Mm. of repurpose that. Otherwise you would have almost like an ice cream in a syrup, like it would be super (laughs) thick. So that one for sure, but the horchata one, since that one's kind of been getting attention, more attention lately, uh, that one's definitely a lot of work because we sous vide all of our syrups, mm. which we took uh, inspiration from, like I said, culinary yeah. idols. And we learned a lot about how sous vide works with something like a steak. Like you could cook a perfect steak mm. in sous vide. So yeah. we're like, well, couldn't you cook the perfect syrup <laughs> in sous vide too? It's it's a lot cooler. So each ingredient has to be set at a different temperature and time. So you mm. want to maybe put vanilla in for a higher temperature to extract some of the oils that are yeah. in the vanilla bean. But something like coconut is, you know, can't sit too high. It's not going to pull out any good flavors. It's going to actually go the other direction. So mm. that one needs to be at a much lower temperature. So both of those are a lot of adjusting and finding that good middle ground for them. 
there's a good handful of ingredients that go in. So everything is intentional and there's a lot of work that goes into it. But I think that you can taste that too. Mm Kind of like with food, you know, when a lot of work goes into it. Absolutely. I feel like anything that's got a lot of time and care and attention, you're going to tell the difference immediately. Absolutely. That's what we hope for. What brought y'all to want to do this? I feel like, you know, it's very cool to dive into the super, you know, details about each of the serves, but how did y'all come to even want to do this? Yeah. So kind of a couple of ways, uh, our roots are in Onyx, which everybody knows and loves. And so (laughs) we just, we kind of saw how much work was going into coffee Mm. and they're a great example of just like, I mean, they, they do so much and they pay such close attention and they were using good syrups, but we really saw that there was still a need for quality to be enhanced in the the realm of syrup. Mm -hmm. And we got really into cocktails as well. So Keaton uh, worked for the Foreman Bar, which was in the Onyx headquarters. Mm -hmm. And so kind of having a mix of those two, we were like, how can we do something? How can we create something that is, you know, going to be used in both realms that there's still a need for. There will yeah. always be a need for, honestly. Right. And Keaton was like, let's, let's do syrups. And I was like, oh, that's kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> like, okay. And we don't actually like any sweetener. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be like if you came out with your own creamer brand, it would be kind I mean, of, people would be very confused. So I'm not going to lie. I've thought about like, what is the future of this does this right. grow beyond the podcast? And I think it does in like some publication sense, but I've thought about, you know, do I come up with a, a milk alternative yes. called no creamer at some point? You do, you should. I really want to. Because I think that's in, and if I had, you know, if I, I know that you had this podcast, mm-hmm. I would trust that you could make a good yeah. creamer because I don't know, maybe you don't like creamer in your coffee because you think it ruins it, Mm -hmm. you know? So why you would be the perfect person then to make something that's not going to hinder the flavors in coffee. So I would trust that and I would use it. And that's kind of where we were. We were like, we don't like it. So maybe we can make something that people like us would actually enjoy Mm -hmm. putting in the coffee. So we started out in our, tiny 500 square foot apartment in Arkansas. Say, all of these things for yes. this process sound like a lot of spatial requirements. It is very difficult to do in a small <laughs> space, especially with two people. Yeah. And you're also working with such uh, hot liquids too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. if you burn yourself, the rest of your day is ruined. It's really easy to get aggravated in a small space when mm-hmm. you have like third degree burns on your arm. But we started in the very small space and I was buying like one vanilla bean at a time Mm. from, you know, the places that we're sourcing from, which if you know how much vanilla is, it's like $11. (laughs) So we were putting a lot of time, money and energy into trying it. And we didn't understand the, you know, where it needed to be on the sweetness level. We didn't understand how much needed to be used because there's not a lot of research Mm -hmm. on syrups. And you could go buy any number of commercial syrups, but they're not going to actually walk you through their process and yeah. tell you what they're doing to make it taste good. So I had to do a lot of experimenting. There was a lot of late nights and trial and error. And we just kept getting feedback. Like we would take it to Onyx and we have so many wonderful friends there. Mm-hmm 
who we would just sneak off to the side and we were like, hey, can you put this in like our latte and we're all going to try it. So like 10 of us would stand around cool. and we would try it and we were like, what does it need? Yeah. And that's how we got better was just getting feedback from people who we really trusted. But when Keaton was working at the Foreman bar upstairs, I would go and take cocktail books mm. and I would sit there by myself and have <laughs> a glass of wine and I would read for hours just books on flavor and how that, you know, comes into cocktails or reading books that had to do with coffee. So I always wanted to continue to educate myself, Mm -hmm. you know, on how to make it. But after my long tangent, honestly, going back to what you were asking, (laughs) like it just, we just wanted to make something um, that was going to enhance flavors and not hinder them. And not just be something just to do it, but really to care about and we and we do thankfully we both care a lot about flavors and food and we want to kind of bring that over here we're not seeing a whole lot of we see specialty coffee mm-hmm. but we're not seeing anything like cool menus yet yeah. over in Dallas you know I when, agree. when we were in northwest arkansas onyx is doing all of that and they're doing it well and so it kind of allowed us when we moved to be like well we have the tools and we have the knowledge. Yeah. Let's bring it over to the big city where yeah. I'm surprised we didn't already have it. There's, I was at a shop on, uh, let's see, it was that Wednesday morning of this week um, in Fort Worth called Arcadia Coffee. Mm-hmm. And they have, I, I'm going to totally forget the name of the drink. It was the funkiest latte that I've ever had in my life. It was so good. Uh, they pulled it over from their fall menu, but they're, I don't know who they're working with. I don't know if they're doing their syrups and stuff in-house. I think it was like the forest something and it had some of the wildest notes in it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, that was the first time I'd ever had something like that over here. There's there's chais that are, you know, done in funky ways. There's horchata that is, you know, feels like it's circulating pretty heavily. Yeah, it does. But like weird drinks. Yes. I like weird drinks. So do I. That's how you, <laughs> you discover a lot when you kind of open yourself up to trying new things. I mean, that, and that goes for anything, mm-hmm. but especially in coffee, uh, we wanted to challenge those things a little bit. And speaking of like chai and horchata again, we also wanted to pay attention to um, respecting the origin of those things. Yeah. So when we made, we have a chai, that we're always trying to improve, but we took a lot of inspiration from how they make it in India mm-hmm. and what the meaning of the word is. And, you know, you watch videos and they're sitting in these outdoor markets and they're grinding it up mm-hmm. on the ground, these yeah. like intense spices. And that's how you make chai. So we were like, well, let's take from that. Let's yeah. learn from the original methods. And same with horchata, uh, which you know, I'm Hispanic, I'm partially Hispanic. So for me, I was familiar with the concept of horchata, but now you can go buy it at the store Mm -hmm. in a like powder form. And that just doesn't seem very authentic. Like no one's going to drink that and be like, oh wow, I really like, I remember when my grandma (laughs) used to make this powdered horchata for me. So we, we wanted to make it real. Mm -hmm. And so we asked questions to family members and we did research on how we can make it more respectful, you know, so no one's yeah. going to go into Wayward and try the horchata and be like, this is, this is powdered. This from is disrespectful. The, yeah. This is like, a. they're just trying to like make this too like mainstream. Like we yeah. really wanted to make it real. And one of the coolest things was the like first day that we had the horchata out, someone was like, 
commenting on how their ancestors were like stirring in their graves because they just, they were taken back, you know, mm-hmm. and they had this sense of like nostalgia from it. I'm like, that's super cool. Yeah, that's that you quite can the get that from syrup. Yeah. You know, it's wild. Yeah, it's that idea of, you know, taste and smell being, you know, senses that we have to really like immediately kick us back to a memory. Yeah. And I feel like y'all honoring the methods that are attached to things specific to different cultures is a really wonderful approach that I feel yeah. like is, is missed. When you have something that doesn't do that, again, it's like that care and quality thing. You're going to notice the difference. Exactly. The respect around chai in India, you can get chai anywhere. Yeah. But if you respect it in the same way that they do, um, my goodness, like that's that's the approach that will make it special. Absolutely. Yeah. We, yeah. I'm a big fan of chai tea. Yeah. I uh, need to grab some chai from y'all. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I remember in my research and development phase, trying a couple of the more commonly used chai powders or concentrates mm. and they were good, but it wasn't spicy and not just like, ooh, like, get you in the back of your throat spicy, but you're not actually tasting real spice. And a couple of them, I was like, well, this tastes like a marshmallow that like might've had some cinnamon in Mm -hmm. it. And so that's the standard for chai. That's what we know. So if you actually had a real chai in India, it's going to be completely different. And we looked at places like Starbucks, their chai is huge, Mm -hmm. but is it actually authentic? Are they pulling from those real flavors? Probably not. And they're still doing well. So I'm sure we'll have, you know, a couple of people come in and really appreciate it. But the goal is to make it more known and not just to make money off of a syrup like that, but it's just to bring awareness too that like we can't lose those roots, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we have to look to those and, and that's been a whole other realm of bricks is just making sure that we're being respectful mm-hmm. and we're being authentic and we're keeping it real with people. Yeah. I mean, one of the big things when we started was realizing that anything that has real ingredients mm-hmm. is not going to stay on your shelf for three years and never go bad. Or three months. Or three months. Yeah. It's just like how it is. I mean, there's no getting around it. If you're going to use real flavors and fruits and vegetables or whatever the heck you're putting in your syrup. You can't, without adding a ton of chemicals or fake flavors, you can't set that in your cupboard forever. Mm -hmm. So keeping it real with people, we're like, hey, this is not gonna last forever, but it's made with love. It's made with real things in it. And I think that's what makes it so special too. With the approach for care and attention that y'all have given to this, has that, changed your perspective on anything else in your world, like any other things that you do? Yes. Yeah. So honestly, it's kind of, it's kind of integrated itself in with food as well. Mm. So I cannot cook okay. for some reason <laughs> that just passed right over me. Yeah. Uh, but Keaton does and bless him for cooking for me every single night, <laughs> despite how busy we are. Does Keaton have a specialty? He has a- Or is his, it just like whatever he touches? His ramen oh, yeah. is to die for. Nice. And one day he just was like, I'm gonna make you ramen. And he got like chicken thigh and he baked it and like added all like just whatever like vegetables. Like he had no idea what he was doing. Mm. 
And it was the best thing I've ever had. So <laughs> it was a thing where I was asking for ramen mm-hmm. every three or four days from him. And every single time he makes it, it's different. Mm. So what happened was like, we kind of, I say we, he learned a lot about the balance in things. And again, how to make things authentic. So yeah. he really looked to how real ramen was made. And as much as we all love instant ramen, mm-hmm. that's not that's not what it's supposed to taste <laughs> like. It's delicious and it's cheap, but that's not right. how it is. We all got through college a little that's, bit easier. We absolutely did. And yeah. a little bit afterwards too. Yeah. But yeah, he, he looked a lot to that uh, for inspiration in cooking. And so it's just for me, mm-hmm. but still integrating methods, you know, that are weird. Like we kind of brought in the sous vide thing Mm -hmm. for cooking. Like he would make a broth in sous vide bags and add it to the ramen. That's pretty cool. Um, And he can kind of do it with anything. And then also with cocktails as well. We have a, I want to say impressive. It's probably not to like, (laughs) I wouldn't think a bar or anything, but we have a good like 50 or 60 bottles of really cool spirits and they're all real diverse. We love Amaro's and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So kind of the same thing there, really learning how to approach flavor innovation mm-hmm. and make things complement each other yeah. and using real stuff. So I think it's definitely fed more into our like palate mm-hmm. um, rather than like external things. We're both pretty busy bees. Yeah. So we don't have a lot of time <laughs> to do anything other than eat and create really cool things like syrups. Which eating and you know, creating community around food is such a base staple for human existence. Absolutely. So being able to contribute to that as something that you're using your time to do, I mean, I think that's a worthwhile pursuit for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. What What do y'all like to do together outside of making surfs when you have time? Do y'all like to travel? Well, that's the goal. We that's would goal. love to travel. And I think that's a big part of why we wanted to do our own business was so we had a reason to do it. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I was gonna ask if you've gone anywhere for influences yeah. into this. Yeah, we took our first trip two weeks ago no to, way. to Denver, like our first real trip together. Nice. We went to Kansas City not you know, I think maybe like three years ago, just for fun. And before we ever started any of our brick stuff, we just went and tried different coffee shops and bars in Kansas city. And we went for a day trip, but Denver was like the coolest thing because we got to try. I mean, unfortunately Colorado is still pretty restricted right now, Mm -hmm. but trying the different coffee shops like sweet bloom, uh, huckleberry was another really good one. Crema. And we were, introduced to, you know, just a different realm of coffee. And then mm-hmm. again, with cocktails, uh, the famous Death and Company yeah. bar, um, that's actually where we got engaged. So oh, it's nice. like a pretty recent thing, but- Got that, engaged two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. It's <laughs> yeah. very cool. Yeah, thank you. It was really awesome. He integrated it into uh, one of the drinks there. So he knew which drink I was going to order yeah. before we ever got there. And a note card came out and they were like, well, this is a luxury drink. So you're going to want to read it like one step at a time and pay attention to the flavor notes. Nice. Very classic of us. Very I was like, nice. absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, I was like, yeah. easy peasy. <laughs> I was like, close your eyes and take a sip. And I took this huge sip and I like just about choked myself. I mean, I'm like, like I was like going yeah, way yeah. too hard and I was like, oh my goodness. And this was all happening on video too, which is like <laughs> so perfect. And uh, by the time I got to like the third step, like he was proposing and I was like, oh my goodness gracious. Like yeah. what is going on? Had a slight buzz at that point. It was the, it was just the perfect moment um, and such a cool place too. Yeah. Um, and the rest of that trip honestly was just 
us exploring different foods, trying weird foods like ethnic foods. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of our thing together is just trying new places and kind of putting us in situations where we're not familiar. Um, And other than that, we know we'll go bowling. We love playing games together too. We, uh, he's teaching me how to play chess and checkers right now. We've probably played 10 games in total between the two and I haven't won any of them. So I'm practicing. <laughs> We're learning. Are you the, the professional bowler of the two though? I am. Yeah, yes. Nice. Okay. Honestly. What's your high score? I, <laughs> it's really sad what my high score is, which probably says more about him. <laughs> um, I want to say it's like 130, but I also haven't bowled very much. I just happen to be really good at it, Yeah. but I'm really uncoordinated in every other way. Bowling has a lot of, uh, if my parents or sister listen to this, has a lot of, uh, I don't know. I was really awful at it and got really mad at myself when I was yeah. like in my early, it's like 10 or 12 or something in there and like never wanted to bowl ever again type moment. Yeah. Um, I enjoy it now. Yeah, it's super <laughs> fun. It's a very like community thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because I am just like I said, so uncoordinated. Like I remember in middle school playing softball with one of the like little plastic mm-hmm. bats in front of the whole school. And it was like the most nerve wracking thing for me to do. And I remember they threw it and I hit the ball and I was ecstatic. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is like, this is great for me because everyone just saw that. Well, I run the wrong way <laughs> and everyone is like wrong way, like turn around. And I'm still like on that high of like, I just hit that ball. Yeah. So I, like, it, that's all that matters. Yeah. Right that's now. all that matters. And so that's just kind of like, a good example of how bad I am at anything related to sports or games. And then, yeah, I just picked up a bowling ball and I was like, cool. Like this worked for me. One direction. Yeah. One thing that I've got to do. It worked perfectly. (laughs) And so now if we get free time, we'll go bowling together and we'll play games and it's fun. And we also have two dogs. We have two weenie dogs that keep us very, very busy and yeah. entertained. And <laughs> most of what we do is surrounded by them. Like yeah. we, we would take them anywhere if we could. Do you have backpacks for them? Yes, we do. Nice. Okay. We, the fun part is when we got our first one, CB, she was four weeks old. So she was really small mm-hmm. and we would take her around to different coffee shops in oh, Arkansas cool. when we were living there. And we had a little backpack and she would sit in it and she could peek out the top. <laughs> so we try to socialize her with that. And now they have these cool harnesses that have like three or four components, which are meant for like, I'm sure like bags and stuff, yeah. but we use them for something called wank mail, okay. which like, sounds like it was such a bad thing that <laughs> we call, that's what we call them. And so we'll put little letters to each other in their backpacks. That's fun. And like, if someone is watching them for us, we'll like check the pocket and we've got yeah. like, you've got mail type of thing, <laughs> something quirky that we do. But yeah, we, we definitely love our dogs. And that's like, if anybody knows us, I think before knowing that we have bricks, they're like, oh, that's the couple with the weenie dogs. Yeah. That's pretty much all they talk about. <laughs> I mentioned before we started the show that I have a friend, they've got two weenie dogs as well. And um, they sleep all day. Well, no, not one. 
not both of them. One of them sleeps all day and then the other one is just like hypers all get out. Yeah. The dynamic to watch between the two of them is hilarious. They are the weirdest dogs ever. I don't know how they came to be <laughs> who thought like this was a good look for them, but ours are weird and completely opposite. Like we got one that has super long hair, but she's not like fully long haired. She's okay. medium. So her certain parts of her are long and other parts are short. Our other one is like almost bald, <laughs> like very, very polar opposite. Yeah. And they're both really little too. They just never got that big. And so I don't think you would honestly know that they were dachshunds if you saw them on yeah. the street, but my gosh, they have so much personality. Yeah. I'm like, if we ever had a kid, like how would I balance <laughs> the two of them and a child? Like that's, that's a whole different world. That is for sure. While you were chatting about, you know, y'all's start for bricks and everything yes. like that, I didn't know anything about y'all until I saw the syrup menu and everything from Wayward. Right. And I feel like a lot of the time, something that has the amount of labor and love that y'all put into it seems like a sort of overnight success. Right. How long have y'all been doing it? It's been about two years now of working on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, you know, just starting in a, a small kitchen, just in a teeny tiny pot making syrups. Um, it's developed so much. And it's funny because I think when anybody is starting a business, you mm -hmm. think you know what you're doing. You think you have a good direction. Yeah. And I was very naive and I was like, cool, we, we know where this is going. And it is completely opposite of mm -hmm. where it started. We had to take uh, a lot of time to learn and be frustrated by it. Yeah. I mean, again, as with any business, it's like, it's so discouraging when you really, really want to do something, but you have no idea where to start. Mm -hmm. And again, there's no handbook on how to make something like syrups. Right. Of course, with bricks, something that I think that we want people to know, uh, kind of from the name, it's a flavor company. Mm -hmm. So long-term, we hope to be you know, doing bitters. We hope cool. to be doing shrubs, other weird things that can be added to coffee and cocktails. But even further than that, in the kind of realm of flavor innovation, I would love to make something like donuts. Like nice. specialty donuts yeah, would yeah. be awesome. Or like a pickle company. Yeah. That would be sick Oh man, too. have you ever had Wickles? I have not. I'm a big Claws and Pickles okay. fan. So that's like, that's my favorite. They're like a good balance between sweet and not like a, a hot spicy, but like, a, I don't know how to describe it. just have it. a lot They're going really on good. with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think like flavor is just so wild because you can take it so many places. Um, but we just, we learned a lot along the way. And I think that's why we wanted to do so many other things because we kind of accidentally stumbled across mm -hmm. different things. Like when we were r and flavors, we were like, oh, well this didn't work, but we actually discovered that this is a new flavor yeah. that we never thought would. And of course we're still, we're still working on things now. Mm -hmm. Like this will be a never ending project. And that sounds so like dramatic, but it is, it's so fun because, you know, this next menu that we're going to come out mm -hmm. with at Wayward, it's going to look totally different. Yeah. The one after that too is probably going to be more like hot drinks, mm -hmm. which is like a totally different game. For sure. And you have to, you have to consider a lot. So just continuing to bring things forward to people and have people give us feedback. I think we've had to be very open to criticism mm -hmm. and, you know, let people tell us like, 
this is not that good (laughs) or this could use a little bit more of this. So like it started two years ago, but it's going to be, honestly, it's never going to end us just like having to try things and fail a little bit. And it's really fun to see how things progress. I think horchata had 150 trials before I actually got it right which is wild because like you taste it and you're like, no, this is good. But yeah, like, yeah. how on earth did you modify this 150 times? Right. Just. I, it's some insane statistic on how many tries it took Chick-fil-A to get their uh, their nugget recipe, right? They did just the right amount. They did. They got it. It's perfect. I actually eat Chick-fil-A every single day too. Oh, yeah? That's like, I think the key to success, <laughs> um, the key to my energy. Like I, I wake up every morning and I go get Chick-fil-A for breakfast because that's just, they're the best. Are like, you chicken biscuit or chicken minis? No, I'm I'm chi- I'm more on the side the, of chicken minis, but yeah. I really love their like bacon, egg and cheese sandwich. It's, so good. it's amazing. And then I, I used to have a coffee blog actually, funny mm. enough. And I think my last post was on Chick-fil-A's iced coffee because- It's actually pretty it's good. Pretty I'm not gonna good. lie. <laughs> if you don't put any sweetener in it, it's- it's decent. It does the job. It does. And you're like already there too. So you're like, yeah. well, I need something to drink with my chicken minis. And so you got to get the coffee there. Yeah. And then lunchtime rolls around and like, well, Chick-fil-A I have sounds to get good deluxe again. chicken sandwich. Yeah. Absolutely. With extra crispy fries. That's like the only way to do it. Yeah. So. I remember the first time someone introduced me to extra crispy as an option at Chick-fil-A. It changed yes. my whole world. And if you say, please, they do it for you. Yeah. They're like, my pleasure. Like it's yeah. great. They love yeah. it. So right. every time I go, that's what I get. And Keaton and I have this fun thing where I, we like build our rewards on there because mm-hmm. we're honestly there a stupid amount. And so he gets to have all the cookies, the oh, little rewards yeah, that yeah, I yeah. get <laughs> and it works out well, but we are uh, 100% addicted. Yeah. And when you're like working all the time on anything, you don't have time to mm-hmm. like prep meals at home. So Chick-fil-A is always there for you. Yeah, it's great. They are. Except on Sundays. Except on uh, Sundays, which is when we always want it. That's right. <laughs> You know, anything that I've realized over the last couple of years, you know, coming to um, the the project that I wanted to do the most to the full extent of it is right. currently this. And I've had to let go of some other things along the way that were taking up my time and, you know, not getting me to the point where I needed to be for this. Is there stuff that you had to let go of in order to to do bricks to the extent that you wanted to? Yes. Yeah. And it's happening a lot faster than I thought. Mm. So I was in school for dietetics. So I wanted to to work with nutrition and make meal plans for people. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, I'm now in a business that's encouraging <laughs> diabetes and heart disease and sh- sugar crashes for young children. <laughs> so I really took a turn there, but my honestly my passion was learning in a school setting, which mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And I never wanted to own a business. I never really saw myself as very entrepreneurial minded. I like having direction a lot. So working for someone else is kind of my ideal setting. Um, I was working in macarons for a very long time, almost four and a half years. Wow! And I worked in Arkansas and in in Texas, um, baking macarons, selling macarons, doing pretty much everything related to it. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, I have to kind of set that aside. That's something that I've really enjoyed doing. Mm -hmm. That's a fun project for me, but I had to set that aside. And I kind of saw myself just working for someone a little bit longer and having this stability Mm -hmm. of working for someone, getting a consistent paycheck. And what I've learned is like, it's a blessing 
but it's very scary how quickly something can grow. Yeah. So I'm realizing now that I thought, well, we're going to start really get like, we'll get the ball rolling in like two years from now. Mm -hmm. And it's looking like it's going to be a lot faster. (laughs) So getting a kitchen space that's bigger and, you know, developing more products for bricks. I'm like, I can't do that like through the night. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to have more time to do that. And that just means, you know, seeing friends less, seeing family a little bit less. Ultimately, it's a good thing. I think owning a business leaves you the opportunity to travel Mm -hmm. and have more free time and you're kind of on your own schedule. But that whole concept to me was a little bit overwhelming. Um, And for Keaton, it was totally opposite. He's, he's got his own, well, he's like a double entrepreneur (laughs) because he's got his photography business and it's rolling out and he's killing it. But uh, he's also got this too. So he's like, oh yeah, like I'm, He's, yeah, he's very on top of it yeah. and I'm not. So I'm still, I'm still learning how yeah. to, how to let go a little bit for that. Yeah. Photography was the, well, not the thing that I had to let go of, but doing it as much as I was, was the thing that I had to let go of to do this more. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I stepped into photography in kind of a weird way where it was like, I saw the potential for Instagram to be such a good platform to grow a business. <laughs> and that came in front of my love for the craft itself. Yes. And so letting go of that has put me in a position to enjoy just doing it more. Yeah. Where like starting this, it was a love and passion for people and the culture inside of the coffee industry first before Absolutely. I started this. So this is a much better thing yeah. for me to do. Did you do coffee photography or anything like, was it more product photography or more people? Um, I dabbled, it was like, you know, trying a bunch of different things to figure out what I enjoyed and um, started out with, people and doing portrait shoots. And then I shot for some brands and I've shot for some coffee shops in Fort Worth and some roasters in Fort Worth. Awesome. And that's still fun. Yeah. Um, but it really, I didn't have the right uh, perspective on starting it. And that kind of fizzled into the way, like even I did it over four years. Wow. And it um, just, you know, at towards the end of it, it was, it was what it needed to be. And if I would have had that perspective at the beginning, I think it would have gone better. Like yeah. I deleted my Instagram and all that stuff because of just uh, an unhealthy relationship with yes. social media and photography. Which I feel like we, we all have kind of a baseline unhealthy yeah. relationship with social media. <laughs> and then, yeah, definitely when you're trying to, to push something too. Like I know Keaton uses his platform a lot to encourage um, or to, to showcase his photography. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of become the primary thing, which has been more beneficial than yeah. I think the average human just kind of scrolling like mindlessly, right. which I found like I've just, that's kind of fizzled out for me over the past few years. It's just yeah. kind of like the same thing. You're not really seeing anything interesting. And you know, we could be outside or learning more mm-hmm. and or socializing with people. Right. Like I think especially after this last year, there, I see so much value in just being face to face with people and going and, and communicating and laughing together, which we, we've been lucky to circle back to wayward. Uh, we have a lot of great friends there. Mm. So we, while we're working on things yeah. and we get to go up there, there's such a great community of people and we'll just sit there and talk for hours. Yeah. And it's really lovely. Like, I think we all just, I think we really need that mm-hmm. kind of communication back. Yeah. You know, we need to all go sit over a cup of coffee and talk again, right. which is awesome. Yeah, I think we've, I feel like stepping into last year, people started to, so before March of 2020, 
everybody was kind of like, oh, what can you make? Like, what are you producing as a person? And how can yeah. I consume the thing that you're making? And after last year, I feel like the understanding of our need for other people in person and other people's opinions and input on our lives and just socialization as a as a um, normal rhythm in our lives as yeah. human beings, live events, like I miss live music so much. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, there was a, as awful as everything was and still is in a lot of ways, um, especially like seeing the news from India this week, like godly, um, it helped us to kind of look at humanity in a little bit of a different light and kind of come together a bit better. I think that was a, a good thing that came from it all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've got one segment on the show. It's called Name That Drink. Oh my goodness. Which sounds a little daunting and I promise that it's not. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> who, who is your favorite character across whatever medium you enjoy, TV, movies, books? Okay, like the first one that popped into my head was Meryl Streep. Okay. She's like... Any particular movie of hers? Like any particular character from a movie or just her as a person? Her as a person, okay. but it's funny because, uh, well, her in The Devil Wears Prada. Mm. Like she's okay. this, she's a power figure. Yeah, she she's is. so scary and I love it so much. But then also when she did, I think it was Julie and Julia mm -hmm. and she played Julia Child, the like- The chef, right? The chef. Yeah, yeah. She took on a totally different dynamic and she did it just as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so she's just, she's like a very dynamic actress. So I, I respect her a lot. Okay. So let's pull the, uh, I think it'd be funny to do the Devil Wears Prada. So Meryl Streep yes. in the Devil Wears Prada, and I forget her name in that, um, but she's on her way into the office yeah. and she's stopping to get her coffee. What is she going to order? Ooh. Gosh. <laughs> what starts the day okay. for her? Miranda Priestly is okay. her name in The Devil Wears Prada. I've seen that movie too many times. <laughs> so I hate to be so like straightforward. I think she wants though, like a black coffee. And it would shock me if that wasn't what she was getting. Yeah, I, I like. know. Like she's too edgy of a woman. She doesn't want like a woman with that much intimidation is not going to be like, could you just add a little bit of creamer to that? Could you, <laughs> could you put a little bit of sweetener in there for me? Like she's like black coffee, but I think that she would, I think she would want it really, really, really hot. Mm. I'm pretty sure in the movie she does. I was gonna say, I feel like, like she there's probably something orders. in the movie where she is having coffee brought to her. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, it gotta be extra hot. But yeah, that woman is like, she doesn't mess around. She's yeah. like up and at it and she can't have, there's nothing in the way. Right. It's black coffee for her 100%. Nice. Yeah. She probably steps into the shop and they already have it ready because it's of always who she ready. Is. It's, it's always ready. It doesn't like matter. Everything is, yes. <laughs> black coffee all the way. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's been a joy chatting with you. Yes, Where you can so people follow Bricks, y'all's journey on social media? Yeah. So, couple ways. Um, Bricks Flavor Co. is mm -hmm. our name. You can find us on Instagram. We're little, so come come follow us and help us out a little bit. Is it Jay that's doing y'all's photography on there? No, it's Keaton. It's Keaton. We're really lucky. We didn't have to worry about any of that. Although <laughs> oh, that's Jay, right. would, yeah, yeah. Jay, Jay has actually um, been a heavy hand in it as yeah. well because uh, he helps us with the setup and everything. And if you ever realize that the hand looks the same, it is my hand. <laughs> um, I'm a seasoned hand model. There you so go. Keaton does our photography um, and we try to keep it fun on there. Yeah, it is and, fun. And kind of our... Uh, 
personalities come through a little bit. I think in our captions, we're, yeah. we're definitely a little bit sarcastic on there. <laughs> and then we have a website that's going to be more put together pretty soon here cool. again, bricksflavorco.com. And you can sign up. You can be the first to know, which <laughs> sounds so cheesy and it, it totally is. But yeah, if you just go and you plug in your your uh, childhood email in there. We promise we won't spam you. Your Hotmail account. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you got to do. And we're just, we're going to try to keep um, showing up in places. But right now you can also physically find our stuff at Wayward nice. in Oak Cliff. And they're awesome anyway. So that syrup shouldn't be the only reason to go there. <laughs> they're just wonderful people. I will say I am ready to order some syrups whenever it's time. Heck yeah. yeah. We, we got just some horchata here. Mm-hmm. We'll send you over some other stuff. I mean, we got plenty for you to try. I'm stoked. Yes. That's awesome. Thank you again for being on. Thank you. Yeah. As always, no coffee was harmed in the making of this episode because this is No, no Creamer. creamer.